the life that I have today is going to be at risk, if not immediately turn to trash fire. Having that level of consequence there is just added fuel for maintaining all of these life steps because it's not just for alcoholics, it's for everyone. It's a design for living and kind of wish everybody could have that experience and motivation to do these simple things. Because if I didn't have the alcoholism to motivate me, I don't know that I would. Actually getting it out of my head, pen to paper and visualizing what it is that's going on in my head can stop the spiral and diffuse whatever's going just, on. There's so much an abundance of things to be grateful for, just pausing to reflect on that. Before I got sober, I had kind of written off. I don't know that I can go back to playing music. All of the fears that I had, can I still be creative? That completely went to the wayside after I recognized now I'm more prolific at doing the things that I love than ever. Welcome to the Collaborative Resource Hub by Wellness Provisions. We're bridging the gap between mental health, wellness, and rock and roll. I'm Amy McBride, owner of Wellness Provisions, the most badass wellness business. Hey, are you feeling a little stuck in life? I offer wellness coaching sessions. Book a session with me if you're seeking to get healthy and ahead. Sessions are available worldwide. And check this out. Wellness Provisions supplies rock and rollers with high quality supplements. We've simplified your shopping experience and given you a trustworthy place to go where you can essentially shop blindfolded. And did you know, all our Collaborative Resource Hub interviews air on YouTube as well as all major podcast platforms. Subscribe to stay in the loop. Go immerse yourself in the full Collaborative Resource Hub experience over on our website. You'll have access to helpful resources that will inspire and educate you. So let's inspire each other. If that guy did it, so can you. Last but not least, my legal disclaimer, nothing in this interview or the Collaborative Resource Hub substitutes medical advice. Please connect with your GP if you need medical guidance. Fred from Lower Class Brats, how are you? I'm doing good. It's Friday. It is Friday. Yeah, so that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, do you, do you just enjoy your weekends or what do you do on weekends? It, well, it depends. Like I, I have a, I have a daughter, so we split time with uh, her mom. So, you know, every other weekend is usually, uh, th this is my weekend. So there's usually music and riding bikes. So that's kind of the m main two themes. And then on weekends with my daughter, you know, it can, anything's possible. <laughs> yeah. Well, that sounds fun. Yeah. It's, it's pretty great. Like cool. it's with uh, the pandemic, you know, I've had a lot more time with her. So it's been, it's been awesome. Special bonding time. Exactly. <laughs> what are, what are some of her favorite bands right now? <sighs> Recently, it, it's funny because she, when she, or when she was younger, I uh, had taken her to like a, a lower class brat show it was one of her first concerts. We were playing with uh, TSOL in, in Orange County. So it was, it was a huge show. It was, it was awesome. She comes out, like she ended up, she got her picture in the OC weekly. Like it was super cool. And I was just like, what do you think? She's like, eh. <laughs> but now she's almost twice. So that was, I don't know, six years, five, five years ago. So now, you know, she she's starting to realize like oh this this music stuff's pretty cool like she's picked up guitar um which is awesome and she's 
going to be clearly way better than I could have ever been. But she's like through School of Rock, she's been taking a lot of lessons. So, yeah, she's obsessed. She's really obsessed with ACDC, which I'm all all for. I'm all for whatever she likes and whatever resonates with her, first and foremost. But that one was pretty cool. So. (laughs) <laughs> that's badass that's good yeah. um so what does wellness mean to you uh not setting my life on fire <laughs> as i was prone to do for many years um you know, to today i guess you know after many years of sobriety looking at you know if i were to chart my my life out on like a, a on a line graph it, it, looking at it historically would have been all over the place like yeah. super high highs super low lows and I think for me like life still happens you know like there's all sorts of experiences that you know can bring all different kinds of feelings sadness happiness like all of that still happens, but I think the wellness piece of that is trying to minimize the swings and how I react to things that happen in life. So it's not constantly going off the charts, like something that I perceive as great just happened and then virtually manic state. Right. <laughs> so, you know, something that makes me feel uncomfortable, just all of a sudden the bottom drops out. So it's kind of dealing with life on life's terms and kind of keeping that, you know, flow within <laughs> normal tolerances, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah. Being like even keeled, just balance. Yeah. yeah. What are like, I guess, so I have like two questions because they all kind of go together though, but what has like, what's your sobriety journey been like? And then also, you know, how, how have you learned to kind of stay balanced and manage ups and downs? Yeah, I, well, for me, I came into recovery through rehab. So it was, um, for years I was, yeah, I did a lot of geographics, uh, which, you know, it's, it's not me. It's, it's where I am. (laughs) So. I I'm not the problem. It's Virginia. So right. moving to California because there's no drugs there. <laughs> How'd that work out? Uh well, <laughs> instead of going to rehab in Virginia, I went to rehab in California. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I it, 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 I have a long long line of alcoholism in, in the family. So yeah, it wasn't a surprise. Like yeah, you know, was I was even explicitly warned like, hey, this is probably not going to work out well for you. And I'm like, yeah, whatever, I got this. What the catalyst was for going into to rehab wasn't as dramatic as you know, some stories I've, I've heard in like in the program and whatever. And really what I learned was that doesn't matter. It's kind of wherever you're willing to 
throw in the towel on trying to <laughs> manage your life the way that you've been managing or living it the way that you've been living it. So like for me, it was, um, I hadn't quite lost my job yet. I hadn't, you know, quite lost my residence. Like that was all about that close to, to happening. So it was just, you know, finally actually saying out loud that I had a problem and I didn't want to live like that anymore. And finally opening up about that to close friends and family that flipped the switch and started the process for like, all right, let me find a rehab. For me, that was my journey. I know a lot of people go straight into programs and, and that's awesome. Like for me, it was great to be in a structured recovery place. So I was like in rehab for three months and then in uh, sober living for better part of another year. So it was That's a good. long, long, slow re-entry into, into life, um, which I'm super grateful for that I had that opportunity to kind yeah. of Cause like, if you, if you hadn't, I mean, if you had maybe just done the three months and then jump back into the real world, like, do you think that would have just totally screwed you up? I don't know, but I, I definitely feel like I had a much better chance because of all the experiences that I had in sober living and, and rehab. Like also, I, I feel like it almost up my stake in the game on staying sober because, you know, rehab's not cheap. <laughs> Neither was sober living. And it was yeah. just, I, can't, I was like, I can't fuck this up. Like, <laughs> I put too much of my time and my money into <laughs> trying to make this work. And to just go right back out and end up in the same place. Like, I don't know that I would have, through those early days, like, stuck with it as 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 much as I had given the investment that I put into it yeah did you learn like is there like one or two things that you learned while you know in those experiences um with the sober living and and rehab that have stayed with you that were really fundamental and keeping you moving forward yeah I mean one was that I never want to go back there (laughs) (laughs) so it's it's kind of remembering where I was like in in hindsight what it was like day to day like that has been a it's still like a driving force and one remembering how far I've come because it's easy to forget about where I was but I, I think all of that was just a microcosm for life so you're in this kind of pressure cooker of sobriety and dealing with learning to recognize that the substance abuse was kind of, that was a symptom. It wasn't the actual issue. Mm-hmm. It was like dealing with life on life's terms, being able to interact with other people and recognize like one of the things is just like, if I'm upset with someone, it's usually because I see something in them that is me. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm angry at me. Yeah, the whole mirroring <laughs> thing. We're all like yeah, yeah. each other. Yeah. So it's like all of that, having that 
much experience compressed into such a short period of time and being able to recognize what's going on. I mean, that's predominantly been my journey in sobriety. It's like always recognizing what's going on with me. Another one was, and I think some of your other guests have talked about this, you know, it's just like, did I sleep enough? Did I eat? Did I like, and I thought it was hilarious because it's like, you know, I have my daughter and like when she was a baby, it's like, did she eat? Is she tired? <laughs> you can always do it for someone else. I'm like, and I was joking about it one one night at dinner. I was like, oh yeah, it's like that that's hilarious, but it's like a hundred percent true. Anytime like I feel irritable, discontent, whatever, I'm like, are you hungry? I was like, oh, I haven't eaten in yeah, I, I missed lunch. <laughs> oh, I got less than seven hours of sleep last night. This like just going down the checklist. So it's just like diffuses whatever I'm feeling at that point in time. Like if I'm, you know, want to scream at the world, like it's like, no, eat something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's like, but it's such good awareness to have, you know? And it's like, um, like intercepting the crazy. Oh yeah. Crazy is always there. It's just bubbling beneath the surface. It's like, how much am I willing to let come through? <laughs> yeah. And figuring out like how, like, whether it's awareness or just even just like a mantra kind of thing in your head, but like how to cut in and intercept that and, and course correct. Right. I mean, for me, like I, I will recite the serenity prayer in my head over and over again until like I'm back in a place where I can reconnect and interact with the world. And it's kind of like going back to the, you know, crazy highs, crazy lows. Like part of that is not, you know, flying off the cuff and instead of pausing and recognizing what's going on with me at any given point in time, like whether it be super excited about something or super bummed about something like, you know, tempering my response to any situation and not just reacting and flying off the cuff. Yeah. It's everything. Yeah. <laughs> A lot more within the bounds of reasonability. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's challenging. It's, but it's, that's awesome that you've figured that out and you know how to manage that. Yeah. I mean, and part of that is not doing it by myself. It's always surrounding myself. And, and this has kind of come naturally as I've evolved in sobriety, like the people that are in my life today are a lot. Well, there's a lot of friends that I have from like middle school that I've, I'm still seriously, seriously like friends that I made through punk and through music. I'm just fortunate that, you know, I, I didn't start playing shows early high school, but, you know, uh, and I was in a military family, so we moved a lot. But going back to like middle school, there was like a core group of like five, six friends that somehow have all just landed in Los Angeles. <laughs> and we've stayed in contact over the years. It's like, so I had this core group of great friends that you know, are either straight edge or, you know, just kind of normie, but we had this under, you know, through line of punk yeah. <laughs> throughout it all. So like those friends, you know, still have in my life, but like in my disease kind of uh, not sober life, those friends that came up through that time, 
they've just kind of gone to the wayside and like there's a much healthier core group of people that you know is a reflection of kind of where I am today versus where I was then yeah yeah that's it I mean you want to surround yourself you know with people where you're at or better than you so that you're just inspired and motivated and still you know right. continue to learn and stuff right yeah that's it, good. it's it's awesome like it, I have to I have to pause every now and then just to you know recognize how awesome it is like <laughs> to to have this life today yeah so do you have like do you do like a, a gratitude practice or are you just aware and just have those moments i definitely make a concerted that like there there have been times where i actually physically write it down pen to paper is always um has always been helpful in actually visualizing and especially if my brain is going off the rails with all sorts of thoughts yeah 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 um, that can easily spiral out of control <laughs> into some crazy um like actually getting it out of my head pen to paper and visualizing what it is that's going on in my head can stop this the spiral <laughs> and diffuse whatever's going on yeah. um, some sometimes i'm a little slower than others to actually get the pen to paper but i feel like these days i'm much since just been practicing it for going over 15 years now like it's become kind of a, a default state like pause recognize all the things because it's very easy to focus on all the things that aren't happening or didn't happen or you know oh that's never gonna happen like all these crazy thought is like well let's just look at the facts <laughs> here's every is just there's so much an abundance of things to be grateful for at any given moment like just pausing to reflect on that yeah do you feel like by being in gratitude more and just appreciation that more good things happen in your life versus you know if you're paying attention to the negative stuff then like negative things and just bad shit kind of happens yeah i i don't know that anything I, I don't feel like the world itself or the universe changes at all, but my perception of it definitely does. And like, well, all of those things could be happening. Mm -hmm. Like what I'm focusing on is, is what's resonating with me at that given point in time. So whatever's going to happen, you know, I don't know if it changes the course of time, <laughs> the time space continuum. But it, it can make the the journey to get there a lot longer. Yeah. <laughs> Focusing on everything that is you know crushing my soul, <laughs> and I and I definitely think there's an argument there for like if that's what I'm projecting out into the world, it's gonna bring more of that into my life. So I don't know if that impacts every, anything, but I don't want to find out. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best answer <laughs> but no it's true it's your um it is it's perception because like they say like there's three truths right yours the other person's and then the reality right so it's i mean it's like that it's it's hilarious it's like just even um 
I did a, a podcast with a buddy of mine and that we used to play together in the band Darkest Hour. And it was just recounting like stuff that had happened on tour, like, you know, years ago. And it, it, I mean, it was, it was hilarious to hear what I remembered versus what he remembered versus like somewhere in the middle was probably what actually happened. Yeah. <laughs> it was tempered through, you know, I was drinking at the time. So <laughs> yeah. I, I was not a, uh, a reliable uh, narrator. <laughs> <laughs> and and but it's also so interesting that just like all of like the human brain is so the mem our memory is so unreliable anyway oh yeah <laughs> it's interesting I mean, that's a whole like we were talking thing, about but... before the podcast <laughs> now more than ever my memory is very unreliable <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so how do you like now or I mean in the last so many years but like what does touring look like to you with making like an effort to have a healthier balancing experience? Well, the the last like tour tour I went on was like leading into the pandemic. So we were actually, I was with uh, Spam Prong in Europe and it was right as everything was starting to shut down. So like we played in Milan, at the night that they shut everything down and the pandemic exploded in in Italy um and uh, like our merch guy actually came down with what we think it was COVID luckily no one else on the tour got it I don't know how like his his head he was sleeping backwards in the bunk for some reason <laughs> so like head to the front <laughs> of the bus and my head was like right next to his so like there was every like if I was ever gonna get yeah <laughs> that was the perfect climate um so maybe that's a way to not stay healthy <laughs> <laughs> on tour but like I don't like that whole whole tour that was the first time I'd been back to Europe in in a while and I just remember even throughout like I mean there were I was just excited to be there one and just like having all these memories come back from like other tours there that you know, every time it's like I'm never going to make it back here like this is a once in a lifetime thing like there's no way this could ever happen again and then like this last tour was like playing venues that I thought that oh that's for for bigger bands like we'll never make it there and it's not like we were playing arenas or anything like that, but it, it's still just like things that I always thought were impossible. And then every day during that tour, it was kind of like recognizing like, oh man, like this is something that I never thought was possible. And just coming at it from that perspective, regardless of how the show went or whatever, it's just like, I, I never got into music because it was, you know, all of the, you know, the glitz and glamour and whatever. It was like, I want to travel. I want to have life experience and like really recognizing that I'm getting to do that. And first and foremost, all the other stuff, you know, like did sound check go bad? Like, you know, what we didn't get what we wanted backstage for a rider. Like, oh man, the show's running late. Like, no, this is awesome. <laughs> like, so I mean, it's, it's perspective. Yeah. Like, it's so it's even getting because like 
before I got sober, I had kind of written off, like, I don't know that I can go back to playing music anymore. Like all of the fears that I had about it, like, can I still be creative without substances? All of that completely went to the wayside after I recognized, oh, wait, no, like now I'm more prolific at writing and doing the things that I love than ever. And like, I'm able to focus on it. I'm actually able to, you know, complete things. Like I don't forget everything because, you know, I'm hung over or I was drunk at the time. And I had this, you know, and nine times out of 10, like the drunken ideas were garbage. <laughs> so it's, I, I, you know, it's just recognizing it at this point in my life, like being able to get to do all of these things, like I get to do these things and it's beyond my wildest dreams that, you know, I get to go play shows, even though there was this pandemic <laughs> looming over us, you know, it's still like, I'm, I'm in Europe. This is great. I'm in a different country every day. Like that was like the first time I'd ever been on a bus for a full tour. I was just like, this is amazing. <laughs> Like everything is like, this is the best. <laughs> That's so cool though. That like, that makes my heart happy for you. That like, you just have that much appreciation and stuff for everything. Yeah. It's, it's great. Like even like we were talking about park rock bowling, it's like, we're going on at two in the morning, but like, Hey, the show's sold out and like people are stoked. And it's like, I might pass out on stage because that's way past my bedtime. <laughs> and I don't know where there's any Red Bulls or caffeine. So yeah. we're just going to go for it and see what happens. <laughs> but then the adrenaline kicked in and I'm sure you did fine. I don't think we got off stage until like three, after three in the morning. And it was, there were definitely some, like, I'd be like, all right, I'm good for the first like three or four songs. Like, yeah. And then there <laughs> So like a oh like no, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, <laughs> just chug some water. Then like, pour it bit. on yourself. Oh my god! Here's an advert in less than twenty seconds. Did you know that Wellness Provisions offers one-on-one -on -one wellness sessions? Yep. So if you're seeking to get healthy and ahead in life, but feeling a little stuck, then book a session and let's get you unstuck. Now back to the interview. So like after shows though, how do you like relax to be able to go to bed? That's been definitely a gift of sobriety is being able to shut my brain off, learning how to go to sleep. Like I remember the first time I just went to bed at a normal time and because of rehab like everything structured and getting into the practice of like quieting my mind and getting into a space where I'm able to go to sleep just having so many years of practice with that like it's no different after a show or watching a movie or yeah whatever's happening like all the stimulus in my head being able to it's like all right now we're gonna go into quiet mode and some of that's been like through meditation and you know going through guided med meditations and practicing that and getting into a mode where it's like all right we can we can shut down now yeah and having the intention that like okay i'm going like i'm in you know decompress mode to go to sleep yeah, yeah. what like 
I guess, is there anything specific like healthy changes aside from just sobriety maybe that have, you know, impacted your creativity? Well, I mean, exercise, like another thing that came back into my life and like, I used to race road bikes, like cycling. Um, and that kind of went to the wayside once music <laughs> came around. So now it's, it, it's kind of finding balance and like starting to, to ride a lot more in the last, I don't know, six years has been mostly getting away from road riding into mountain biking. So it's more getting into nature and getting away from cars, <laughs> getting away from people like, and just being in a quiet space. And also exercising, which is, is great. And it's, you know, but like with mountain biking, it's been great. Cause it's like, I'm, you know, big kid playing in the dirt in the woods. So it's yeah. <laughs> not to like, yeah. so I, I don't, I feel like it, it's having balance and watching what I eat. I'm a hundred percent vegetarian, mostly vegan and recognizing what foods, uh, how they interact with my body and what's what's okay and what's not like I used to love ice cream but my body does not <laughs> so you know sorting out like what's essentially poisonous to my body yeah and away from that and you know not that I'm good with moderation but <laughs> trying to find some balance there in terms of like staying on a schedule with all right well I eat breakfast at this time I eat lunch at this time I eat dinner at this time and trying to stick with that. So everything's regular. Yeah. And, you know, that goes back to like, did I eat? Like, I don't have to really think about it because I know, okay, it's 12 o'clock. I'm going to eat lunch. Yeah. And that's so good for like your blood sugar levels and stuff, which will help keep you, you know, your sanity level. Yeah. And it's, it, it's so funny because it seems like ridiculous to to say like well you've got to eat like I feel like a kid but it's like there's a reason (laughs) more people like that's like that's like the ticket though is you know treating yourself like you would treat a child talking to yourself like you would talk to a child with that like compassion and kindness and uh, overseeing that they're making the right choices right yeah that that inner voice like switching it to being my own worst critic to being loving and compassionate is, you know, it's, it's a never ending journey. But I feel like even, even that voice has gotten much softer over time and recognizing when it's harsh, it's not reality and being able to at least recognize that to change what the tone of voice is. Yeah at me it's less bobcat gold wheat and more <laughs> good <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. so you're so yeah you're in tune to like um self-talk yeah yeah there's a lot of self-talk <laughs> so. um if let's say someone was listening to this and they heard you talking about meditation and they're like wow that guy meditates i've heard about that what would you say to them the when it was first brought up to me like it was it seemed like this crazy otherworldly mystical like like especially in the program it's something that's you know suggested that you do and I was like and in rehab there 
you know, be like, all right, you have to meditate for five minutes. And, and that was the only instruction given. <laughs> and I'm like, so <laughs> timer for five minutes, like what, what do I do? Um, so I kind of fumbled around with that. I, I think one thing that was most impactful and eye-opening was, and especially in the early days of sobriety, like with my inner voice, how harsh that could be, like trying to sit quietly with that was not so fun. And actually going to, I, I took a guided meditation class, which was at a, a Buddhist temple. And like, I, I, I would say I'm probably agnostic, but like open to trying any sort of experiences out there. And the, the monk that was teaching the class, like, was hilarious so it was a guided meditation and just I was able to latch on to his voice his sense of humor and apply that to my meditation practice and also just like things to to latch on to to like start bringing myself to a place where I'm observing thoughts coming through my head and not like latching on to them and <laughs> being like oh yeah, that thing happened. And, oh. <laughs> um, letting those things kind of float by, which like now with all, and that was kind of before a lot of these meditation apps came out, just trying those, like having something that can replace your own voice and give you some ideas on, you know, tools that resonate with you for getting to a place of meditation. And then the other thing that's been really helpful is like, recognizing that meditation doesn't have to be a set amount of time where I go into a closet and turn all the lights off. Like it can be any point during my day, I can reset and just pause and put some of those tools to work to quiet my mind so that I can recenter and re-engage in life without setting it on fire. <laughs> I love it. So do you do like, um, like if you're, let's say you're like running errands or something and like the person driving in front of you was crazy before you got to the store and then that guy's just like in your space, will you just kind of tap into like breathing exercises if you're like out and about or like how, what does that look like? It, um, it was, it's like in that scenario, <laughs> I feel like, I feel like traffic it, especially in LA, like oh <laughs> the barometer for how am I doing? <laughs> like, because if I'm doing well, like no one else is upsetting. <laughs> so recognizing like if I'm starting to get upset with those people that were annoying me before I got to the store or someone cut me off or whatever, it just like recognizing that that's an indicator that yes, do some, do anything other than <laughs> focus on that because that's not the problem. The problems, you know, in, in here yeah. for the podcast. Yeah. That's, <laughs> you know, um, that's, I mean, that's, it's, I mean, in those words, it's perfect. It's so true because I don't know, it was like last week or something and I was driving and like, I mean, that was like, this car was being crazy and it was just all this like, but, and I recognized this, I was like, but I am like super tense right now. I'm stressed out about whatever stuff going on. So it was just like a mix of just 
bad energy stuff. Oh yeah. Like, and that, and I, I definitely manifest in like stress and like feel myself getting tense and it's like, and like you're saying with the breath work, I mean, that's part of like, take a deep breath, recognize this is me sitting in this chair, driving or what, just breathing. Nothing's fucked, dude. <laughs> Mm -hmm. yeah for for a movie quote yeah <laughs> perfect we got some big lebowski in here <laughs> um that totally threw me off now <laughs> um i guess is there are there any other things that you do that you haven't mentioned that you kind of use to stay level and de-stressed you know, throughout like just regular routine? I don't know. I, I feel like just staying active with the things that I love in my life. Like it's very easy to get complacent with music, with exercise, with engaging with my family, like staying engaged with friends and being mindful of trying to keep all those facets of my life going throughout the day. So it's I mean, it's very easy, especially in pandemic times to just get sucked into content. And it's crazy how many hours can be <laughs> like I can spend on like consuming garbage when I look at, okay, well, I just spent an hour on social media. What could I have created on the other hand and or done outside the house or like gone for a run? Like you know, worked on some music, practice guitar, like called my daughter, called a friend. Like there's so many more enriching things that could be fed into my soul. <laughs> so being mindful of that at all times, it, there's always an alternative to the stasis of social media and movies and junk food or whatever's out there. <laughs> yeah. Which is just kind of stagnant, just like a plateau. Because and and I guess in sobriety I've recognized it's not like early on I remember the first time I left rehab to go it was actually to go get rid of my apartment like I was giving it up and we were going to move everything out and it was the first time kind of going back into that space since I had been out and it was like for a couple months so I was already kind of stressed about that like going back to the scene of the crime. <laughs> But also, like, I remember just these irrational uh, thoughts that, like, as soon as I leave the rehab, there's going to be someone with a drink that's forcing me to <laughs> drink it, which is absurd. But, like, over time, it's uh, what I've realized is, like, not doing the maintenance on all of those checks, like, staying connected, pausing to, you know, for gratitude getting exercising, eating, sleeping. Like if I go for a long enough period of time of not doing a little bit of all of those things, that's what's going to take me off the rails. It's not, it's not going to be this one instance that, you know, someone shoves a drink in my face and, and I take it like, or forces me to take it. It's going to be a long, slow process of not doing the things that I know that work. And then ultimately leading to a scenario where I can't deal with life on life's terms anymore. And that's going to be 
the switch. And yeah. I'm grateful for that too, being an alcoholic, because it's, I know where I go when it's like, I may not die, but the life that I have today is definitely going to be at risk, if not immediately turned to uh, trash fire. <laughs> so like having that level of consequence there is just added fuel for maintaining all of these simple life steps, because it's not just for alcoholics, it's for everyone. It's like, it's a design for living. And it's like, I kind of wish that everybody could have that experience and have that motivation to just do these simple things. Because if I didn't have the alcoholism to you know, motivate me for all that, I don't know that I would. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, in other words, it's, it's having a why, you know, what, yeah. what drives you and keeps you moving forward right. instead of two steps back. Yep. Cool. Do you have a favorite quote <laughs> that you would like to use for this? Oh, man. I, now. I, I kind of feel like not, <laughs> nothing's fucked, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Was perfect. Yeah. Said you'll know it when it comes up. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of everything that encapsulates my, my daily routine. Like if I start to go down the you know, negativity space, like nothing is fucked. Like everything is the way it should be. <laughs> Just how I'm relating to it is not centered with the rest of the universe. So, and I have the tools to you know, recenter myself should I choose to. And yeah. most I choose to, so. Yeah, when would you not? <laughs> <laughs> and these days I don't <laughs> there's I, I feel like it, earlier in life it was something that I would indulge in because there's there's a certain rush from just being a total asshole <laughs> and but then there's also so much wreckage and consequence that like whatever that rush was for being a, a total jerk, there's that equally and possibly lower low of having to deal with all of the wreckage from that one moment of, you know, gratification for being, you know, I was so right that mm -hmm. <laughs> I could say this totally shitty thing. And now like the wreckage from that dealing with that is not something I'm willing to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You like struck the match, but now you actually have a fire. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So the tagline for my business is delay dying. So I like to ask everybody um, if you could give someone, you know, tips or advice on how to delay dying or in other words, live happier and healthier, what would you say? Delayed dying. Yeah. I'd say focus on the things that are important to you in life and focus more time and effort into pursuing those things and maintaining balance, being able to, you know, be active, you watch, you know, treat yourself, as, treat your body as a temple. <laughs> 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 you went there but it's true <laughs> yeah I, <know. laughs> I mean it's it's like all of these like crappy sayings that I feel like 
as much as I hate saying that they have some credence to them, like, I mean, that's ultimately what I do on a daily basis. And hopefully that translates into dying much later. Yeah. Perfect. I love it. Well said. And for anyone who needs that kind of like those, you know, little sayings to shop at Target and like, that's all the, the wall art that you can buy at Target. Hang in there. <laughs> cat. <laughs> I was just talking to somebody, a, a, another interview, and he was saying, I'm hanging in there. And I'm like, and I did like the cat thing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I should have that. I should just do a random episode and have that poster behind me. See if anyone notices. <laughs> oh, just like the crappy office motivational posters. Just have a have a different one every week. I mean, that could be expensive. Although I bet I bet there's they've got to have like you can buy in bulk, like yeah, things for like five bucks off of off of the interweb. Yeah, all things are possible <laughs> in that world. <laughs> just um, have a golf course behind you. Well, that's like they do on, on Zoom. It's like you can, like, I could have the beach behind me or whatever. Life's a beach. Mic drop, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys have anything cool coming up or coming out, like, in the new year? Um, well, uh, the Bratz just reissued new seditionaries on, on vinyl. Um, I think we still have that up on our uh, big cartel store. So that's up on our Instagram. There's a link to that. We also have a new record that's slated to come out, uh, has been slated to come out for some time now, but you know, vinyl backlogs are kind of, we're at the whim of that. So there's actually two records. There's that one that's done and is getting pressed. And then we have the majority of a new record immediately kind of following that. So that's on the horizon. Definitely be on the lookout for that. Um, I have a new YouTube channel called Between Two Amps that is hopefully uh, launching probably by the time this comes out. So um, it'll be on YouTube. It's with my friend, uh, Naraj Kane. Uh, views from this band, Hope Conspiracy, Suicide File, Hesitation Wounds. So it'll, all, all things punk gear, music journey as punks. Uh, that's the focus of that show. And then been working on a new album for my band, God Collider. That's a hardcore band that we're looking to have that out this year as well. So a lot of stuff. On so the much good stuff. And yeah. the name of your YouTube channel. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that you have like, do you have like where you guys are filming set up? like a similar stage. yeah we're it's evolving so like yeah we're, we're trying to be conscientious of of having two amps at all time. yeah <laughs> <laughs> to really capitalize on you know the uh poaching of ip <laughs> yeah. i love it um all right well this chat has been so much fun and just everything you said i love it's just you have such a healthy perspective on life. So thank you for sharing everything. Well, I really appreciate you having me. I mean, it's been a blast. Yeah. We laugh in the face of